0: You're listening to Beyond the Sermon, the podcast of First Methodist Church in Collingswood, New Jersey. On our podcast, the goal is not just to share our sermons, but to go beyond the sermon and talk about what we're learning and what God is doing in us and in our community. The sermon you're about to listen to comes from our 2023 Advent series, Make Straight the Paths. In this series, we're looking at the life and ministry of John the Baptist and what it means to prepare a way for Jesus to come to people today. You can find more information about our church at fumcollingswood.org. Thanks for listening. We spend a lot of time and energy getting ready for Christmas, right? We go shopping for gifts for family members and friends and coworkers. Some of you are already finished your Christmas shopping. Right. Anybody here finished with their Christmas shopping? One person, one person, Rebecca. <laughs> all online, all right. all right. Others of us, not Rebecca, haven't even started thinking about it, right? We haven't even made a list, let alone checking it twice, We make special treats at this time of year that we only make at this time of year, whether that's baking or cooking or making candies. We always wake up on Christmas morning with warm, fresh cinnamon buns. It's a beautiful thing. We spend time decorating our homes inside and out. And if you're like me, that means taking time on a Saturday or whatever to fluff all those branches on the artificial tree and the artificial wreath because if there was a pine tree in your house, you wouldn't be able to breathe for Advent. Um, but we, we spend time doing that, right? And trimming the trees and hanging the stockings and stringing the lights. We host and attend Christmas parties, some of which include a meal, others a gift exchange. There could be carol singing or cookie decorating or hot cocoa to drink or all three. If that sounds like a good idea, I'll see you next Sunday at four o'clock. But my point is, we spend a lot of time and energy and money Getting ready for Christmas. You know, the average American is expected to spend $800 to $1,000 on Christmas this year. $800 to $1,000. We spend a lot of time and energy and money getting ready for Christmas. But in the midst of all that activity, how much effort do we put into to preparing for Christ? Right? Traditionally, Advent was a season in the church calendar in which the church prepared to celebrate the incarnation. The color associated with Advent is purple, like the purple candle we lit this morning. It's the same color we use during the season of Lent, right? To signify a season of reflection and repentance and preparation. See, traditionally, the celebration of Christmas didn't begin until Christmas Eve. And then it extended for the 12 days of Christmas. Right? It's not just a song. It used to be a whole season in the life of the church, 12 days of Christmas. But Advent, Advent was more somber. It was focused on the coming of Jesus and his coming again. And I think it's appropriate that we have a season like this because Advent is a good reminder that Jesus never comes in a vacuum, right? When someone encounters Christ, God has already been working in their life. That's what we call prevenient grace, the grace that goes before us. And when God decided that the time was right, To put on our flesh and our humanity. And he came to the world. God had already been working. Preparing a way. So that in the fullness of time. God could send forth his son. All the way back from the prophet Isaiah. God had been telling his people that not only was the promised Messiah going to come to set all things right and to bring the rule of God in the world, but before Messiah came, there would be another who came to prepare the way for the Lord. I want you to listen to a few verses from Isaiah chapter 40, beginning in verse three. A voice of one calling, In the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be raised up, every mountain and hill made low. The rough ground shall become level, the rugged places a plain. And the glory of the Lord will be revealed and all people will see it together for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. And so Matthew, when he's writing his gospel, his account of the life and ministry of Jesus, he joins with the other gospel writers, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. And they say that John the Baptist, he was the fulfillment of this prophecy from Isaiah chapter 40. He was the one who was sent to prepare the way for the Lord to come, to make straight A path for God to come. And so we're going to spend this Advent season looking at the life and ministry of John the Baptist. Excuse me. (coughs) We're going to look at the life and ministry of John the Baptist to see What we can learn about preparing a way for Jesus to come so that we can cooperate with what God is doing and we can make straight paths for Jesus to come to people today. We're going to start today by looking at what John did and and the message that he shared, the role that he saw himself fulfilling. And the first thing that Matthew tells us about John is that he came preaching. And all the pastors said, amen, right? The message he was preaching though was this, it was repent for the kingdom of heaven has come near. Does that sound familiar? It should because this is the same message that Matthew and Mark record Jesus preaching as he began his ministry. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. And this idea of repentance was key to the message and the ministry of John. In other places, John's baptism, his his ritual cleansing that he helped lead the people into, it was described as a baptism of repentance. Now the English word repent, it's got roots that relate to words like penitent and penance and other things that we don't really want to do, right? It carries the idea of sorrow and contrition for our sin. But the Greek word that's translated as repent. Before it came into Latin, which is how we got repent, it, it was a Greek word called metanoia. Right? This is a compound word made up of two words, change and mind. Change and mind. So in John's thinking to repent, to metanoia, is to have a change of mind, a change of thinking. The idea is that this, this changed thinking will lead to changed living. So what's the spark for John that should change the way we think about everything, like he was calling the people to do? Well, for John, it's the, it's the kingdom of heaven. Right? The rule of God. And not just the rule of God in some far off heavenly realm, but that the rule of God had come near. It was arriving. And friends, if the kingdom of God has come, that changes everything. And so together with the passage that was quoted from Isaiah it's clear that John thought that as he was announcing to the people that the kingdom of God had come near, it wasn't just that the kingdom of God had come near, but that the Lord, Yahweh himself, was coming. Because the kingdom of God, the place where God's rule is, is where God's presence is. God was coming to bring his kingdom Earth, And if God is coming to bring his kingdom to earth, then friends, people need to get ready. That's what John was saying. And that getting ready looks like repentance. Changed thinking that leads to changed living. And part of that change involves confessing our sin. Right, so that the people could turn away from their sin and turn wholeheartedly to God. To go along with this message of metanoia, John took the Jewish practice of baptism, which had been used as part of the Jewish purification rituals and the rituals that they would go through in the process of converting to Judaism. But John gave this ritual Cleansing This ritual cleansing, a new meaning. It, it was not the water, John said, that provided the cleansing like it did in the Jewish rituals. The water was cleansing the people of their sin, their uncleanness. But John was saying that baptism was a sign and symbol of the metanoia of the repentance that people were participating in, the change of thinking which was taking place inside of them. Baptism was that outside, outward symbol. And in another similarity to Jesus's ministry, John not only says, repent for the kingdom of God has come near. John has some pretty strong words for the Pharisees and the Sadducees, those religious groups which were looked to for leadership and who claimed to have the right interpretation of God's law, but were actually more concerned about consolidating their own power, maintaining the status quo where they had influence. They were more concerned about that than they were about watching for what God was doing. So John calls them a brood of vipers, snakes in the grass, but not snakes that were just biting people, snakes that were poisoning people, poisoning their minds and their thoughts. Serpents like the one in the garden who came and said, Did God really say? John says to the Pharisees and the Sadducees, their way of thinking isn't leading to the kind of changed living that God was looking for. It wasn't producing fruit that looked like repentance. And because of that, judgment was coming. But in contrast to these religious elites, there were other people who were coming to John to be baptized, to, to express that repentance that they were experiencing in their lives. And if we look at John, or at uh, the Gospel of Luke, who also tells this story about John the Baptist. He adds a little more. And if we read here in Luke chapter three, beginning in verse 10, we hear about different groups of people that came to Jesus, or nope, sorry, came to John and said, this metanoia, this repentance, what should that look like in my life? What does it look like for my life to bear fruit that looks like repentance? Repentance. And so in Luke chapter three, verse 10, we read, what should we do then? The crowd asked. John answered, anyone who has two shirts should share with the one who has none. And anyone who has food should do the same. Even tax collectors came to be baptized. Teacher, they asked, what should we do? Don't collect any more than you're required to he told them. Then some soldiers asked him, and what should we do? He replied, don't extort money and don't accuse people falsely. Be content with your pay. You see, for John, this is what it looked like for Isaiah's words to be fulfilled. When Isaiah said that every mountain would be raised or every valley would be raised up and every mountain would be brought low, the ground, the rough ground would be made level and the rugged places a plain. This is what John saw happening as the fruit of repentance. So to the crowds, he says, be generous. Don't hold on to what you have, but give away the extra. The valleys being raised up to provide for those in need. To the tax collectors, he says, live with honesty and integrity. Right? These tax collectors with all their power and influence, the mountains being brought low. To the soldiers, John says, don't. Bully people. Don't use the strength that's been entrusted to you to harm people. Be content. The rough ground becoming level. Can you think of a rougher group of people than the Roman soldiers sent to enforce Rome's authority in Israel? This is what John saw as the fulfillment of Isaiah chapter 40. This is what repentance looked like in people's lives. And as we enter into this season of Advent, we have an opportunity to make straight paths, just like John, for God to come into the world. But friends, that's always going to start not by changing the world around us, not by speaking to the Pharisees and the Sadducees or the tax collectors and the soldiers, but by preparing ourselves to receive Jesus anew. It starts with repentance, right? With metanoia, believing the good news that the kingdom of God has broken into this world. The penalty for sin has been canceled. The power of sin has been broken. We can be reconciled to God and God's image can be restored in us. But it's not just about knowing these truths in our minds. right? It's got to get down into our hearts and we've got to live it out in our lives. John had some hard words for the religious leaders of his day because they were so self-focused. They were so inwardly focused that they couldn't see what God was doing in the world around them. It got me thinking. I wonder what John might say to the church in America, if he saw how we prepare to celebrate the inbreaking of heaven in the world. What might John say to our congregation? Are we bearing the fruit of repentance? Do our lives reflect the change of heart and mind that we claim it does? Are we putting our energy and our time and our effort into making straight paths for Jesus to come to the people around us to bring transformation in their lives? Or are we creating obstacles in their paths? Are we setting hurdles that they need to clear before they can come? Brothers and sisters, as we step into the season of Advent, What do we need to repent of in order to prepare ourselves for Christ to come? In various places throughout scripture, the idea of repentance is tied to the practice of fasting. As people grieved over their sin and sought God's presence and forgiveness in their lives. Now, fasting doesn't make much sense within the culture culture of feasting that we've created around Christmas in America. But I think it fits perfectly within the tradition of Advent as we seek to prepare ourselves for Christ to come, as we make straight paths for Jesus to come to others as we metanoia as we repent, changing our minds to match the realities of the kingdom of heaven, even as we live out our changed lives on earth. So I wanna invite you to join me in making fasting a part of our advent preparation this year. Let me be clear. I'm not asking you to fast from now until Christmas, right? That would just be mean, all right? But I want to invite you to choose one day or maybe one day a week, Tuesdays, for instance, and fast as you're able. Some of us can't fast because of medical reasons. I get that. Maybe you can't do a whole day of fasting. But you could choose a meal or two meals. Or, like I'm going to do this Advent, start after dinner on Monday and go until dinner time on Tuesday. But I don't want us to just miss a few meals this Advent season. Although that might help us once we get to our New Year's resolutions. But I want us to use it as an opportunity to seek God, right? To ask him if there are any areas of my life where I need a change of mind or a change of living and to seek him and ask him to bring that change and transformation in my life. See, John came as a herald of the coming kingdom of God. He was sent to prepare the way for the Lord, to make straight those paths. Friends, how is God asking you to prepare yourself this Advent season so that you can join with John as a voice calling in the wilderness, making a path for Jesus to come into a world that desperately needs the transformation that only he can bring. As we move into a time of Holy Communion, that's the invitation this morning. Would you take time this Advent season to ask God how he needs to prepare us so that we can be the people of God he's called us to be in the world. And we can join with John, a voice calling in the wilderness. To make straight paths so that Jesus can come to the world around.